0: The Rural Health Voice, Episode 23, The Rural Narrative. Welcome to the Rural Health Voice. I am Beth O'Connor, your host. We discuss rural health issues at the grassroots level and how state and federal policies play out in our local communities. What comes to your mind when I say rural? What does rural mean to you? Dr. Laura Hunt-Troll, social worker and assistant professor at James Madison University, shared her thoughts on the way we talk about rural and how we can change the narrative. Welcome, Laura. Thank you. Now, you teach a course at James Madison University called Rural Health, an Interprofessional Approach. What's the purpose of that class? The purpose of that class is
1: to adopt an interprofessional learning experience where health-related professions learn together um, particular course material, in this case, rural health. So it kind of has a dual purpose in that I'm hoping to educate the future healthcare providers of America on the importance of rural health and rural issues and rural well-being and the social determinants of health, but at the same time, I'm hoping to educate them in a way where not only do they learn about their own discipline, whether that's medicine or dentistry or nursing or social work, but that they also are learning about the other professions so that they can have a better regard for the strengths and the uh, resources that the other professions bring to the table. This is particularly important in rural health because there may not be a whole lot of your discipline around the table in a rural area with a, a you know lower population a more spread out population uh, when i'm working with social workers teaching social workers there's not going to be 10 social workers at the table there might not be 10 social workers within 50 miles of you um you're you might be the only one of you at the table. And so you need to have an understanding of what a speech pathologist does and brings to the table and what a physical therapist or an occupational therapist or a nurse, what they all bring to the table so that we can provide the best outcomes for patients, but also provide the best outcomes and realize all the potential for our
0: communities. You've been advocating for changing the way we talk about our rural communities. Why do you think that's important? I have been advocating for that. And I think it's important
1: because the narrative around rural, unfortunately, is sometimes negative. And there's two sides to that. On the one side, there are some pieces of that that are true or deserved in the sense that rural America does not have as good of health outcomes as urban America. We have lower life expectancy. We have um, higher challenges, higher poverty. Um, The social determinants of health, uh, you know, are stacked against rural folks. So some of that is true. But we're not going to solve problems with our challenges. We're going to solve problems with our resources and our innovations and all of the beautiful things in rural America. Those are the things we're going to use and bring to bear on addressing some of these disparities or poor health outcomes. And so we need to talk about them. Um, I don't have to live in a rural area. I choose to live in a rural area. And there are a lot of reasons why I chose that. There are a lot of benefits to rural. There are a lot of things that maybe are neither positive or negative, but I just treasure um, because of the way I like to live or the way I. I want to raise my children. And so I am really advocating for rural folks to not dismiss some of our challenges or issues, but to highlight all of the wonderful things that we do have going for us so that we continue to build on those, so that we continue to highlight their importance, and that we use them and bring them to bear on addressing some of these serious challenges.
0: So can you think of an example of how rural strengths can be used to look at rural issues and make progress on those issues?
1: Yeah. Um, so sometimes you might hear folks refer to, um, rural folks as uh, resistant to change or um resistance to help um you know you they they won't change they won't change their diet or they won't change their exercise patterns or or what are those types of attitudes um and that can really be displayed in a negative context right we know things like um you know changing diet or exercise those individual choices might have an impact on things like obesity or heart disease or diabetes um which are tend to be higher in rural areas but um, that very same sort of resistance to change or um, that that type of mentality to me is very much a strength. I meet rural people who have an independence of spirit and a force and a stick-to-itiveness and resilience. And those are all things that we are really trying to cultivate and Come very naturally, or is very much an embedded part of rural culture, um, where some people might say, "Oh, they're you know not open. They don't they don't want any help. They're not willing to listen." Um, I see people who, for generations, have creatively and in innovative ways to solve their own problems um, and have shown up for their neighbors when they have problems. So. W- I think we need to sort of change the way we frame that beautiful rural spirit and remember that not only is it not a drawback, but it's something that we can can cultivate and use and bring to bear on some of these challenges. And so when we approach rural communities, rural people with embracing and celebrating their independent spirit and their um problem-solving abilities and their innovations, and we don't frame it as, oh, they just won't listen to us big city folk who know how they need to live, um, you know, we're changing the conversation and we're embracing those beautiful things about rural that are going to be um, the solution, I believe.
0: Sure. And that also speaks to the, oh, I'll say audacity of urban people in major universities who. Th- think they know better. Yeah, exactly. Um you know, they might say things
1: like, well, you know, you need to walk um 30 minutes a day, 3 to 5 times a week. Well, yeah, that's 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 great. Um but if you don't have safe roads, you know, um you're not going to walk. You know, if you had if you had sidewalks or if you had wide shoulders, you would walk mark. You just would. Um, So taking into account the built environment and how that looks a little different in a rural area, you know, that's something that, that maybe some of our, you know, big time city folk aren't, aren't doing. And they're not, Taking into account that, um, hey, that rural person already walked to the barn six times today. So, you know, maybe they are already walking. Maybe there's something else going on here. Um, maybe there's another way that we can interpret their lifestyles to help um, help see things differently and to help more creatively solve um, our healthcare outcome problems.
0: I think that one of the barriers in addressing how we talk about rural is that there are so many different definitions of rural, and people interpret rural in many different ways. When I say rural, what does that mean to you? Yeah, I, I, well, first,
1: I want to say I agree with you. Um, I think defining something by what it is not is a problem. You know, I can tell you, oh, let me introduce you to my neighbor here. She is a non-cow. Okay. So that tells you she's not a cow, but that doesn't tell you what she is, right? So we talk about rural, like it's non-metro, right? Or non-urban. <laughs> that's that's only so helpful. Um, and you're right. We do have for as many rural areas, we have that many different contexts. Yes, we do all have some, or many of us, many rural communities have some things in common. Um, and so those are the things I try to draw on. But um, a rural area of Alaska looks different than a rural Native American reservation, which looks different than um a rural town in the south that you know used to be a bustling city of fifty thousand people and now has five thousand people because the industry's cleared out right all those things look are really different versions of rural. Um, some of the things that I think many of us associate with rural are um, you know fewer pop- fewer people more space, so we might see more Um, farming or more green space or more white space in the snow or more tan space in the sand of the deserts. Um, So more space, less people. Uh, We tend to see um, a little bit more maybe independence. So if your nearest neighbor is 10 miles away, you know, that's a long way to go for a cup of sugar. So you might sort of be a little bit more independent. Um, But I say that, wanting to make sure I say that that does not discount how interdependent rural areas are or rural communities and people are. I think that rural areas very much draw on each other's strengths and um, resources. The good old boy network is very much alive in rural areas, you know. Um, You have a roofing business and I'm a plumber and we're going to find a way to make that work, right? Right. We might not see a boom in our business as um, a lot of money changes hands, but I'm going to have a new roof and you're going to have your pipes redone, you know. So I think we see a lot of that in rural areas. So that sort of independent spirit, that interconnectedness of community and um, a little bit of space, a little bit of independence, um, that's that's rural to me. And um, that's what I love about rural, too.
0: I was reading an article that said one problem is that many people who live in small towns don't consider themselves to be rural. You're know, Looking at my own experience, I remember years ago, someone making a comment about living in a rural area, and my immediate response was, you know, what are you talking about? You live in town. Um, in this case, <laughs> you know, never mind the population of this town was around 500 people. To me at the time, rural meant you live out in the country. So with that in mind, do you see rural people not seeing themselves as being rural, that concept being a barrier to addressing rural issues? Or are people willing to speak out for something if they don't recognize that they're a part of it?
1: Hmm. I think that's a a very interesting observation, and I think there probably is some truth to that. Um, I also, I think that you're right. I think that some people who meet sort of government definitions or even sort of common definitions or understandings of what rural is may not identify themselves that way. Um, And so, yes, that could very much speak to, um, well, yeah, sure, I guess we should do that for rural areas. And then being informed. Oh, by the way, do you know you're rural? Oh, no, no, no. I live in town. You know, <laughs> um, I do. I do think that could be a barrier. I think another barrier: is stereotypes around rural. Um, you know, whether you know media or, or movie displays of, of rural people don't always capture um, one the reality um, or two favorable um, elements of of rural areas. And so, some people might say, you know, hey, I work from home in the tech industry. And, um, you know, I only drink Starbucks coffee, so I can't be rural, right? Because rural people are farmers or are, um, you know, uh, live in a trailer on 500 acres or something. Whereas that, you know, they're moonshining or something like that. And and maybe some of that is part of rural life, but that doesn't make you rural. Um, I, I do, I do think our perceptions are, um, you know, define our reality and define our willingness to address issues. I think you could say the same thing for people who identify as middle class, right? Um, so we have this idea of what middle class is, and maybe it's a little outdated to say it's the white pick offense, but you know, middle class people kind of, are are making it on their on their um, on their salaries and and generally have you know some paid time off or maybe take a vacation one week a year and um, can save a little money and yeah maybe they're not living lavishly but they you know have their basics covered and are able to put away some money for a rainy day or for retirement that's kind of how we define middle class and a lot of people identify themselves as middle class when they don't fall into some sort of um, algorithm that defines middle class right. Right. So I feel like rural maybe or urban or metro is a little bit of a state of mind
0: in the same way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, since we know that sometimes there's a negative connotation that comes with, quote, rural, You know, I'm thinking that there's people who don't want to be seen as rural because they don't want to have others look down on them. And therefore, we're missing potential rural advocates because they're not going to stand up and say, hey, this issue matters to me and to my community because they don't want to be identified as that. I was in a meeting a while ago and I'll I'll leave the name of the community out. But somebody said, oh, don't tell that town they're rural. They won't admit it. Yeah.
1: I think that goes back to changing the conversation too, right? So if the conversation is all about oh, rural people are um lazy, fat, stupid, um, you know, unhealthy, um, uh, uneducated, you know, pathetic, I don't know, those sort of narratives, if that's what we're saying, um all these problems, no way to solve them. Well, yeah, I don't want to identify with that either. I don't want to advertise that, you know, that's me. So I totally get that. And that comes back to the conversation around that's not rural. I mean, not to dismiss our challenges or problems, but rural is I go to the grocery store and I, you know... I can't get through the grocery store without running into someone I know. And guess what? They stop and they talk to me. And guess what? They remember the last time they talked to me and they asked me, Hey, how's your mom doing? Or did your son ever, um, you know, find that thing he was looking for? They remember those things. They asked those things. Um, you know, my sons learned how to shake hands and look a man in the eye, you know, in the Walmart in my local community. And that's because this community really saw that, they had a responsibility for raising my children, too. That, to me, is a big part of what I treasure about rural. And that isn't something that I have gotten in metro areas um, where people get to be a bit more anonymous. Um, I can see where some people value that. Um, but there's something to be said for a community that notices you and speaks up for you and cares for you. And so we need to start changing the conversation. We need to start telling that story about rural to say, Hey, um, yeah, I couldn't get away with anything in my little rural town because there was nowhere to hide my, you know, people knew me everywhere I went and the community cared for me. And, and that's not something that died when the streetlights, you know, went dark in the 1950s. That's something that's very much alive in rural communities. And it's something that I think is our treasure and we should celebrate and advertise. Um, I, can, I can think of families that, that don't know that that's the way things exist in rural areas and, and might treasure that. Um, so I, I think that we've got a conversation to change. We've
0: got to start telling the real story of rural well in thinking about that conversation, you know we're we're at the time in our American culture where there's all sorts of politicians making speech speeches about all sorts of issues, and inevitably they talk about rural America and small town America, and then they go off on to this story about this rancher or this farmer that they met since when was ranching and farming the only part of our rural community? Uh, Yeah. I guess since stereotypes got votes, right. (laughs)
1: Um, yeah, I I know, I know they're not talking about the, um, the four boys in cowboy boots who, um, developed an app, you know, at their rural high school, um, because people don't associate, um, that type of innovation with rural areas. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I think that's it's the same. It, stereotypes get votes, right? So, um, you know, we have to talk about police brutality when we're talking to Black voters, and we have to talk about um, paid maternity leave when we're talking to female voters. And there's a grain of truth to that, right? Those are issues that do tend to be important to those areas. And yeah, I do care about farming. I'm surrounded by 140 acres of farms. Yeah, I care a little bit about farming. Um And so that is a reality to an extent. But if we keep talking only about the sort of, you know, headline descriptions of rural, we're really missing the depth and breadth of what we have to offer and what we're bringing to bear um, on our solutions for our health issues and and other issues.
0: Right. And and one of the things that we know about our rural communities you know, farming and ranching may take up a lot of space, but our rural economy, you know, the big employers tends to be our schools, our hospitals, you know, other things where, again, farming is land, not people. And we need to make sure that we're including all of rural America. Mm-hmm. And
1: I think that's the... Including all of rural America means first being aware of what rural America consists of. And yes, absolutely. Our schools, our, um, hospitals and healthcare providers and our small businesses. Um, right. That's a huge, you want to talk about a small business. I, like rural people really do shop at their small, vis- small businesses. Um, some of those are being eroded away for a variety of reasons, but we do still have small businesses. We do still have startups. And even though, um, startups tend to be, small tends tend to grow um, slowly in rural areas. They also are more likely to get financing and more likely to succeed. Um, so we've got a lot of things going for us in rural, but that's just sort of the quiet story that kind of gets passed over for some of our big headline stories.
0: Mm-hmm. And, you know, thinking about sort of the dystopian mindset that some people have about rural America. You know, one of the things we tend to hear in, in, you know, Facebook posts and headlines and whatever, they hear the word backwards, rural people being backwards, rural people stuck in time. Uh, and I had a recent podcast guest that was advocating that we need to remember that rural America, and, and he was talking specifically about Appalachia, but rural America in general, it's not a different time. It's a different time culture it's a different place what what do you think about the concept of rural america being somewhere else not stuck
1: hmm i'd have to think a little more about that i like i don't think assigning rural america a label of backwards is fair however I also think the connotation around backwards should not necessarily be negative. Um, if it's backwards to know your neighbors and to have a little parade through town and to have 4 H and to um, know people and to have genuine care for your community if if all those things are backward in a sort of leave it to beaver kind of way i want to be backward um i i i don't treasure um cyberbullying or um it, it, you know sort of some of the forward things. I think I consider myself, um, progressive, um, from a social justice stance in that I believe we really have a lot of work to do to make sure that everyone in our community is, is valued and experiences justice and has equality of opportunity and resources. Um, but that doesn't mean I treasure everything about, you know, time marching forward. Um, I, I, I try very hard to not be nostalgic, um, for what I imagine, um, some benefits of a slower pace of life or the world before the internet. Um, but I, I think that, I don't know, there's something to be said for running into your child's teacher at the local bakery on a Saturday morning and knowing each other and and commenting and saying hello and being kind and knowing that, you know, in a few years, your husband's lawns, lawn, landscaping business is probably going to mow their lawn and, and that we're sort of all part of this levi- living, breathing thing. And when you're in a rural area, including small towns, you can see that. You see the fruit of that all the time. You can't avoid it. You can't be removed from it. You can't, there isn't another bakery to go to. Um, And so you navigate these elements of life. And I don't know, I think, um, I I don't know. I think part of it is, is some of that narrative around um, what it would mean to be backward. You know, Uh, I don't know, maybe backward isn't so bad, (laughs) Um, but I do think sort of rural areas and urban areas did and are maybe evolving at a, in a parallel way. Um, but I, then I also see how things like the opioid crisis, um, really neutralized that, um, right? Where as rural areas, um, some moons ago thought that they were somewhat isolated or protected from, um, you know, some of the the material of after-school specials I watched, you know, as a young person, the, um, you know, urban violence, urban drugs, those kind of things. We, rural areas, thought ourselves protected of that, whether we were separated by our mentality and our way of life, or we were separated by physical distance and probably a combination of both. Um, that's not the case anymore, right? It's, it's very much in our faces and, um, we, we have to look at um, not being isolated or protected from some of those challenges. Um, and so rather than say, Oh, that's, that's so backward to, to not be progressive or to put our head in the sand or to try to pray it away or some of the other, um, criticisms of the way rural areas have handled, um, some of their challenges. I think that we have to also treasure our Gifts, treasure our sense of community, treasure our independence of spirit, um, treasure our stick-to-itiveness and our um, pulling thyselves up by the bootstraps kind of thing.
0: So how do we promote a realistic understanding of rural America, both within rural America and to those on the outside? Well, um, I think the first thing we do is
1: uh, we talk about it, right? We talk about it when we get the chance and we dispel myths and we consider ourselves ambassadors of rural, um, knowing at the same time that we can't. We can't ever paint one picture of rural. We couldn't paint 20 pictures of rural because they would all, um, they would all look different and we would still be missing lots of pictures. So I think the first thing that we do is just, we just talk about it. Um, we talk about how we love living where we do. We talk about all the good things that we have. We bring to bear some of those things. Um, I do think academia is interested. I do think they're starting. And um, in some pockets, doing a great job of studying rural life and rural strength. And, um, you know, maybe we'll start to see some of that coming out in the literature. Um, I also, um, you know, maybe we we write books. Maybe it's time to see some more depictions of the positives of rural life in in Hollywood. Um, You know, we need... Sweet Home Alabama <laughs> is is a lovely movie um, that kind of depicts rural life um, and kind of depicts some strengths. Um, so you know maybe we need to find our ways to get get it out there into the mainstream media to celebrate it. Um, and I th- I think rural is is doing a good job um, locally, right? So when we have little festivals in our town, um, people go. Lots of people go. Hundreds of thousands of people go um, and and talk about how great it was. And they shop at local businesses. So I feel like we're doing a good job of talking to ourselves. Um, we need to find that platform to talk about it to others. And we need to continue to empower those rural voices to say, um, why not you to be elected to the school board? Why not you to be um, elected to your state legislature? Why not you? to be the speaker um, at a major event. Um, we, we need to seek out rural um, as an element of our collective diversity.
0: What suggestions do you have for people who are concerned about their hometowns? What actions can they take? Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: that I guess it depends on the concern a little bit. Um, I do think the key to everything, um, good, bad, or otherwise, is in our community. Um, and so maybe you're not going to organize, you know, a, a food drive or something in your community, but you can show up for it. Um, and so a big part of, the first step of developing community is showing up, um, is going to the high school play, is going to the festival, is shopping at the farmer's market, is um, you know, walking, walking down the main street in the evening, is sponsoring the Little League team, showing up. Um, you don't have to do it all. You don't have to do it right. And you sometimes don't even have to do it well. And you don't even have to do a lot of it. But starting with showing up, um, you know, we need we need drug rehab centers and we need drug courts and we need um community mediation centers we need all those things but way 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 before we need that we need people at the little league games and we need people at the plays and we need people buying ukuleles for the music program um so showing up and and showing up in your imperfect way um to reject the learned helplessness that um, that this is just happening to us and there's nothing I can do about it. Um, yeah, there's one thing you can do about it. You can show up, and you might not know every statistic, and you might not know every problem, and you might not know how to solve any of these, and you might not know everybody, and you might not know everything, and you don't have to have the end of the story written. Um, but take a step, um, show up. And be there. Um, you know, stand on the sideline for a neighbor's soccer game or, um, you know, invite somebody who has expressed interest to come along to church with you or, or whatever groups you're embedded in. If you're, if you're part of a civic organization, um, you know, who's not there at the table and, and what might it take for you to invite them or bring them along? Um, you know, once you're showing up, who else can you bring along with you uh, in a way that's that's inclusive and making sure that all our voices are there? Um, so I do think showing up is a big step toward building that community. And ultimately, community is going to be the thing that solves it. Um, I also think that you can make a lot of headway in a rural area. Um, 10, 20, 30 extra people going to the high school band concert is a lot of people for rural Um, you know, so just being one more can make a huge impact. And, um, whereas in an urban area, they've got, they've got the scale of numbers where, you know, their, their bucket is smaller. So a few drops in that bucket doesn't go as far. Um, so showing up, showing people you're invested in your community. Um, as far as I can tell, it's your long-term care plan. Uh, it's your retirement plan. It's the plan to, to keep your property value going up. Um, so investing in your community and doing that with your feet and with your heart.
0: And if you could do anything, what would you do to improve health and healthcare in rural America?
1: <laughs> oh, it's, that's hard to do one thing. Um, cause it's comprehensive. So I think if I could do one thing in rural America, I would elevate the floor. Um, and when I say elevate the floor, I mean multiple sort of networks woven across that floor. Um, we need quality childcare. We need living wage, um, When you have sort of those things in place that can help people have their basic human needs met in a quality way, um, they're going to take that walk. You know, if they can, if they can, um, if they can make a living wage and, and have a decent, affordable housing, and their child's or children are, are safe during the day and, and being educated, um, they're going to pop them in the stroller and take them to the park in the evening, um, provided that's a there is a park and that it's a safe park. Um, and those are the things that make us healthy, right? Those are the things that take care of our mental health. They provide us with appropriate social opportunities. They provide us with exposure to out of doors and to, um, you know, physical activity—all of those things are sort of wrapped up, right, in making sure that our basic human needs are met. And we've got some shortages and crises around those um, right now, and particularly in rural America. I mean, my own my own child, I had to drive 14 miles each way to take to a quality childcare program, and you know, f- by rural standards, I'm not that rural, um, so. I think that we need to elevate the floor. We need to find a way for um, our community to provide for those basic human needs and so that folks can completely engage with their communities and engage in healthy behaviors and be part of building community as well um, so that we're all taking care of our mental health and so that we're all taking care of our physical health. And... Um, while I want to make sure that we're not closing rural hospitals and that we're taking care of um, telehealth opportunities and that folks don't have to drive three hours to see a cardiologist and that their local pharmacy can meet their needs. Yes, I want all of those things to happen, um, that, that they have good long-term care and that they have um, you know, um, safe drinking water and healthy air to breathe. I want all those things, but I think a lot of it would come from making sure that we've got the floor elevated so that our most vulnerable, um, those in poverty are, are uplifted so that they can be um, truly engaged and, and have a chance at healthy lifestyle.
0: Well, we are looking forward to hearing more from you at the Rural Health Voice Conference in November. Thank you, Dr. Troll. Thank you so much. That's Dr. Laura Hunt Troll encouraging you to show up and be involved in your community. You can hear more from Dr. Troll at the upcoming Rural Health Voice Conference. And if you are a student in any health professions or public policy major, you can receive a scholarship to attend through our Why Rural essay contest. For details, visit brha.org, go to the conference information link on the bottom right side, then click the scholarship tab. The Rural Health Voice is the podcast of the Virginia Rural Health Association. It is sponsored by the Virginia State Office of Rural Health and underwritten by the National Rural Health Association.